Good morning, everyone. You may be seated. And as you are seated, why don't you greet someone, you know, tell them it's good to see you this Sunday morning. Welcome them to Sunday service. And if you are tuning in online as well, we warmly welcome you to join us wherever you are. Join us as God moves this morning. What a wonderful worship that we had, amen. Why don't we show some appreciation for our worship team as well. Thank you so much, worship team. Just feel such a beautiful presence of God this morning. And it's good to see everyone here. Today we're going to continue with our series. You know, for the past two weeks, we've been talking about the always God. And in this series, we covered how God moves. We covered about how consistent His characteristics are. We covered about what a wonderful time we, that we can have with God. There's always listening and always speaking to us. And I just want to say before I start that the same God that we talked about for the past few weeks is here this morning with us in such a strong presence of God this morning. And I believe, you know, that He has a word for us today. And I believe that when we hear, He's going to speak. Amen? Amen. You know, last week, Brother Baum, when he came up to share, you know, he talked about how God healed him. Interestingly, I don't know, it's a trend. I was not feeling well for the past couple of days as well, but I believe that God is healing me, and we serve a God that can heal and will heal. Amen. So if you are here today and you know you're not feeling well, you know we can pray for healing, and God is going to heal you. Or if you know someone that's struggling with something, you know, big or small, we serve a God that nothing is too small for him, nothing is too trivial. You know, he's not only the God over big illnesses, but he's also the God that can heal small things like a sore eye or cough, etc. Amen. So last week, Bong, Brother Bong showed us how God hears us and how to hear him. He talked about the posture of humility, how to be humble. Because when we are humble and when we obey God's word, it allows us to hear him better. And before that, Brother Charles also spoke about how God is always speaking to us. He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through our spiritual leaders as well. And I know today, He's speaking still. So why don't you join me? Why don't we pray? We take some time to let God speak in our midst. And let's open up this time with prayer. Father Lord, we just want to thank you for your word for the past few weeks. We thank you that you have gathered us this morning, Lord. We thank you that you can have brought us here. And Lord, as we are seated here in this place, we pray, Lord, that your word will go forth and it will not return void, Lord. Your word will accomplish what you please, Lord. And Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you will change this place to an atmosphere of faith, an atmosphere, Lord God, of revelation and understanding, Lord God. I pray, Lord, for everyone under the sound of my voice that they receive your word, Lord God, personally, Lord, in their seasons, Lord God, that they know, Lord God, it is not me who is speaking, that is you who is speaking to them, Lord God. And Father, Lord, we want to pray. We take this chance as well to pray a covering, Lord God, for Pastor and for Sister Huya, who is ministering, Lord God, in a few hours' time. Lord, we pray, Lord God, for our leaders, oh Lord God. We pray a covering of protection, Lord God. We plead your blood over them, Lord God. And we pray that you use them and anoint them, oh Lord God, mightily, Lord God. And we pray that you'll take care, Lord God, of their family, Lord God, of their business as they take care of your work, Lord God. We thank you for pastor. We thank you for our leaders, Lord God. And in all God's people can say, Amen. Okay, so today we're going to continue on the Always God. It's not about hearing, not about speaking. It's about something else altogether. Today we're going to talk about how God is 
paying attention to you right now. Even as I'm speaking, God is looking at you. God is, is intimately tuning in to what you're doing, what you're saying. Let's do an activity first. Huh? I thought, you know, make it more, you know, slightly more interesting. I want everyone here, close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. This is the only time in service where you're going to hear someone say, you can close your eyes. Okay, after that, must open. Huh? Don't, don't close. And then after that, lunchtime already. Okay, close your eyes. Okay, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Okay? If I were to ask you this morning, you can have a choice to give up. I know it's not a very good choice, but just, just bear with me. Give up one of your five senses. Which would you choose? Would you choose to give up tasting uh, your sense of taste? Maybe you want to give up tasting, you know, cheese prata dripping down with fish curry. Uh, someone taking of lunch already. Or you want to give up smelling, you know, the most fragrant thing. Or maybe some of you say, I want to give up smelling B.O. So no need to smell my, my wife or my husband's B.O. anymore. Or some of you say, you know, maybe I want to give up hearing, you know, hearing your, you know, favourite music. Or would you want to give up, you know, the sense of touch? You know, feeling maybe a, a massage. You know, that's something you can give up. If you are like anyone that I know, okay, most of you, if I were to ask which one you will give up, you can easily say any one of the four. But when, as I'm speaking right now with your eyes closed, who actually says I will give up seeing my sense of sight? I don't see anyone with raised hands. Online, and all of you may open up your eyes right now. Don't fall asleep. Online, there's a, there's a poll that says 77% of people, I don't know who's the other 30%, there's none, no 30% here, but 77% of the people said that, you know, sight is their most important senses. And it's true, right? You know, a lot of things we can only do with our ability to see. And the ability to see is so important. So today, we're going to see how God has actually is using this most important ability that we have, you know, in, his, in our experience with Him and in our walk with Him. And we're going to see how God is always looking at us, even when we don't feel like it. God has always been paying attention to you. He knew you from this morning, the time you wake up, the journey you had to take all the way to this place. And not only about today's journey, he has been watching each and everyone here throughout our life journey. When you were just a little, uh, you know, in your mother's womb, God already sees you all the way until you are here today. And in other words, I want to tell everyone here that God has not forgotten you. You are not overlooked. You are not abandoned. You are, we are not the home alone guy, right? Where the whole family just forgets about the, the, the kid and just flies off somewhere. None of us here is home alone. And God is here now listening with us. And that's it. I also know there will be times, you know, in life where certainly you, do not, you feel like, you know, Lord, where are you? You know, I don't know. There are times where we feel like, God, are you even there? Maybe it's a health problem that you have to go through for a very long time. Or maybe it's at work where you have to work hard every day, you work through the weekends, and yet you see the people that get recognized for the work, and not you, it's someone else, while you're here trying to honor God, you're asking God, does this all make sense? What happens? I thought I've been faithful to you. You say in your word to seek you first, your kingdom and your righteousness. 
But I see other people, you know, my other colleagues who are definitely not seeking you and they are getting promoted while I'm getting overlooked. Or maybe you're in a relationship that's not, you know, going the way you want to and you just need that wisdom to find out what to do, what's the next step to take in your relationship. Or just crazy things that's happening in the world. You open up straight times, you see things like market crash, inflation, war in Ukraine. You see things like natural disasters. It's almost like every day there's some new disaster that meets us. And so when things like that, you know, are faced, when we face things like that, sometimes it's not hard. In fact, it's very easy to fall into the trap of asking God, where are you? Are you even listening? Are you even hearing what I'm saying? Do you even care? Do you even know what's happening? See, these questions that I just pointed out were the same questions that Christians were asking when Peter wrote to them in the book of 1 Peter. He wrote to a group of believers at that point of time that were persecuted, they were discriminated. He was writing to a group of people who were under siege. They were suffering and dying for what they believed in. And imagine the sort of thoughts that is entering their mind. Imagine the sort of things when you're facing war, when you're in wartime, you know, what are the sort of crazy thoughts? And Peter writes this to them. And I'm going to show you how, what he says, and we're going to look at this scripture. And I want to invite everyone to stand up as we read 1 Peter 5, 6 and see what Peter is reminding them. And we see on uh, MQ, can you show 1 Peter 5, 6? Peter wrote, Humble yourself, Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To Him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, I'm going to share with you four critical truths or key points to tell you that revolves around how God is always seeing us. Are you ready? You know, nudge your neighbor, are you ready? Open up your eyes now, you know. <laughs> Number one, God sees what we do. Hey, pretty duh, right? I mean, I've been saying this since i come here until now. But hang in there, okay? I'm going to give you scripture that shows you how God sees what we do. Proverbs 5.21 says, For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord. And he ponders all his paths. I, maybe let me give you in the simpler version, okay? Proverbs 5.21. In the NLT version, it says, For the Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path he takes. He's not someone that just see, you know, you know, you use the term cock eye. He's not have stems on his eyes. He looks at us clearly, the way I'm looking at all of you right now. As clear as I can see you, or you can see me, God sees you even clearer than that. He and not only that, 
he examines, he scrutinizes, he looks at you and mm, let me check this out. You know, let me check out uh, what uh, you guys are doing. Okay, let's move on. Proverbs 15, 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Well, in the NLT version, it says here, the Lord is watching everywhere. He's watching you. He sees the good, the bad, and the ugly. Every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, He'll be watching you. Every single day, every word you say, every game you play, every night you stay, He'll be watching you. That is not Bible. That is actually a song from Every Breath You Take, okay, by, by, by the police. Interestingly, by the police, right? The band's called the police. Anyway, this is the point. He is watching you. And I don't know, it can be a comforting thought that He's watching you always, or it can be a really frightening thought that, huh, God is watching me. Well, for those who find comfort in it, here's something for you. The Bible says He's looking for those who are faithful to Him. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward Him. In other words, in NLT, it says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole world in order to do what? To strengthen. Strengthen who? Strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. I hope that gives you comfort. Then when our hearts are committed to Him, He doesn't leave us alone, nor abandon us. He doesn't forsake us. His promise says that He will be with us. And not just be with us, next to us, that's it. Leh. We just read in Scripture, He says that He's going to support us and strengthen us. So in whatever situation you find yourself in, when you commit this and commit your heart to God, He's going to strengthen you. He's going to give you the ability to grow through whatever situation. Amen. I give you an illustration. It's just like a baby monitor. Any parents here who use baby monitor? No one? Do you all know what's a baby monitor behind me? Something that monitors your kids? You know, if you use a baby monitor, basically what you're what you doing, you're making sure that the, your child, under the watchful eyes of the monitor, hope he works, hope the monitor works, right? It's always keeping you updated and aware of what's happening to your kid. This is just like God. When He looks at you, He looks at you as you are the baby, you know. Some of you big babies. But baby nonetheless in His eyes. And He looks at you and maybe He says, Sayang, sayang. Huh? Comfort here. You need some comforting? You know, got scolded by your boss? Well, here's, here's some comfort for you. You're going through some pain? Oh, poor thing, you. Let me send some healing to you. You go through a relationship or you argue with your wife or why do you say that? You shouldn't have said that. Now go and make things right with your wife. He looks at you like a, little, like a parent looks at his baby. And to parents, he's also looking at your child with the same loving, tender care and eyes. And he sees everything. Let's see Matthew 6, 4-6. But when you, are, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners 
that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Matthew will read, you will read later in Matthew 25 something about eternal rewards. That when you feed the hungry, when you obey God's commandments, when you visit the people who is sick or in prison, when you clothe those who need clothes, what happens? God notices. God notices the obedience that we have when we follow His Word. He notices it when you stand for your conviction. He notices it when you say, the world may say, the world may say you know, it's okay to, you know, to do certain things, but I'm not going to follow what the world says. The world may think that it's okay you know, to... Never mind, let's not go there. But the world may think it's okay to do something. But you say, no, the word of God says otherwise. And because you stand for your conviction, God notices it. And when you pray for your loved ones, God hears that prayer and He notices the prayer. Parents, when you stand in the gap and intervene for your, for your kids, God doesn't just ignore your prayers, you know. God sees that prayer. He sees you laying your hands as an act of faith and speaking with authority over your children. He notices that. When you obey every single command, He's a God that recognises it. Even when no one else notices, even when your care group leader doesn't notice, you know, or your spiritual leader don't know what you're doing, you don't know about, you know, uh, the, the, the obedience that you have, God notices it and He recognises it and He rewards us but in His time. And for those who feel that when God sees you, it can be a frightening thing. Here's something for you as well. He also sees our disobedience and He sees the secret scenes in our lives. Listen to Jeremiah 16, 17. For my eyes are all on their ways. They are not hidden from me, nor is their iniquity concealed from my eyes. If you think that He doesn't notice about you copying your friend's homework, here's the news, man. The scripture behind me tells you otherwise. If you think that he didn't notice you watching on that clip, here's the news behind me. It says otherwise. If you think he didn't notice when you tried to change the numbers at work for your report, here's the news behind me as well. And the news is this, that God sees every secret sin. In it. And in Psalms 1 to 1, it goes on to say, He who keeps, watches you, will not slumber behold, the one who keeps watches Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord will keep watch your going and your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Not only he's like a baby monitor, sometimes it can be like a CCTV. You cannot hide from God at all. Nothing is getting past this godly CCTV, right? And it doesn't need electricity, okay? It doesn't need to be plugged in, no need batteries. This CCTV neither sleeps nor slumbers. And he can see from every angle. Our CCTV, one angle only. This one see every angle, right down into your heart, knowing the intention and thoughts that you have. God sees our faithfulness and unfaithfulness, our obedience and disobedience as well. And when we see God as a baby monitor or CCTV, really depends on your perspective of how God is and depends on your relationship with Him. 
Hebrews 4.13 says, And no creature is hidden from His sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of Him who we must give account. Going back to 1 Peter, our starting scripture, 1 Peter 5.6, Peter Thus, in his letter to the, to, the, to the believers, he wanted them to know that in their trouble, in their persecution, that in their suffering, that God sees whether they are going to humble themselves. Are you going to humble yourself? Like what Brother Bong said last week, a posture of humility. Humble yourself so that what? God can exalt. God can lift you up. Not immediately at the right time. Are you going to humble yourself firstly so that God can exalt you at the right time? Or are you going to get offended and bitter and angry? Ah, God, why like that? Whatever situation you find yourself in, you have a choice to be bitter or better. Can you say bitter or better? I say this with experience. Let me share with you just a, a real story, okay? A testimony I have. I just finished... Um, a secondment, a job secondment, a job rotation with MOH, the Ministry of Health. And for the longest time, I felt like quitting. Really, I feel like throwing in the towel. I was in MOH for the past two years. And what happened during the past two years? COVID. It was the worst time to be in MOH. Or maybe some of you who like adrenaline, it's the best time. Let me give you this analogy. It's like being in a war and you are working in Mindef. You are at the thick of action, the eye of the storm, the epicenter of the earthquake, whatever it is. Basically, you are, the, you are on the hot seat carrying a hot potato. That's where I was for the for longest time. And I really didn't like what I do because that was not why I joined the ministry. I joined for another reason. But because it was... COVID, and all of us have gone through COVID. You know how it was. There was a manpower crunch, right? People were scrambling. All of us were affected. Policies can change a few times in a day. And weren't you all confused? Okay, I was confused working there as well. So if we are in the same boat, okay? Yeah. So there was a manpower crunch. And what to do? We had to get people who were, who were doing other things to go and do COVID work. There were people from other agencies that joined us as well. Even people, I was sitting next to air stewardess and pilots because SIA was grounded. So this was the sort of situation that I found myself in doing COVID work. And we really call it wartime operations on a 12-hour shift. And if you are not on 12-hour shift because you're doing something else, you need to cover other people who were, were deployed doing COVID work. So whether you're caught or not, very jalat, okay? You're literally burning both ends of the candle. And so, I was really exhausted. And some of you, oh, in fact, actually during COVID, y'all don't know, right? The only those Bishan people see me, how tired I was. <laughs> yeah, but the rest don't know. But I was really very tired. I was exhausted. And it was increasingly so because of the demands. And so, I sought counsel. I asked, you know, uh, my leaders, should I quit? Should I, you know, go? You know, this is really something that I didn't sign up for. And, and I, I'm sick and tired of it. And you know what? They all gave the green light. They say, okay. Oh, that's like, wow, green light. Yes, you know, my leader say, can go. Okay, time to go already. But there was a problem. I didn't feel peace about it. I didn't feel the sense of peace about leaving a place. And it doesn't make sense at all because by all accounts, it's okay to go. But yet there was something niggling inside of me that didn't allow me to throw in the towel. And so I bit the bullet. 
uh, yeah, I, I really endured, you know, uh, and, and, and grit my teeth and carried on even though I was really frustrated and I was growing increasingly unhappy. So what do I do? Just pray, Lord, go back to God, uh, cast my cares on Him, right? That's what First Peter said. Okay, Lord, God, you know, uh, you know, pastor said, okay, or, you know, all my other leaders say, okay, you didn't give me peace about it, so you know what? I'm going to just complain to you, okay? Why? <laughs> so you see me at the altar, why? <laughs> oh, poor me, Lord, but nevertheless, your will be done. <laughs> it was true, okay? The, 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 fast, the struggle is real. <laughs> and during this period, amazingly, pastor also led us on a couple of prayers, and one of the prayers was on job situations and promotion. I was like, yeah, Lord, is that what you want? You were waiting for me to pray this prayer, right? Then, you know, something can come out of it and we can give you the glory. Okay, okay, okay. Lord, your timing is best. Okay, come. Let's pray. So I prayed for my job situation. I prayed, you know, for opening. I prayed for some kind of recognition. Guess what? After that, the government started to announce all those who are involved in COVID, you all be recognized. You all get some uh, national medal. I thought, Lord, this is it. <laughs> yes, finally. I'm vindicated, you know, that there's still, there's still some voice that say no, it's correct. And, uh, you know, this is where you're going to get the glory, right? Because of this national medal. I felt comforted. I, I really did feel comforted. I felt a, a sense of anticipation coming to that day when they announced, giving that short list, that whole list. I don't know whether you all even read about it on the news. There were a lot of people, right? And I was like, wow, one of them. You know, maybe I put my face on the newspaper as well. Oh. <laughs> just being real, just being real. Guess what on the day? My name was not there at all. My name was not there. I worked so hard, you know. <laughs> I really, I really did work very hard at doing this. And so you can imagine the growing bitterness and anger that came out of me when I didn't see my name. I thought maybe the, the next list, part B haven't come out yet. Maybe part two haven't come out or part three haven't come out yet. So I was just scrolling, scrolling. Funny, huh? they don't have Brian Lowe at all. Huh? They got Brian Tan, Brian Go. Is there a typo error somewhere? No, Brian Lowe? So really didn't have. So I was, when it came, it dawned to me that I was, it was really a lost case. I, I, I can admit that it was, I felt a sense of bitterness and resentment inside. And I thought like, hey, what's up, God? You know, I thought you wanted me to do this. Now you play me out, is it? What is, it, what, what is, is this the end of the story? You know, I felt like I made a wrong choice. I should just listen to people and say, go, right? Maybe that still small voice inside me is just my mind playing tricks on me. Maybe it's just that all. Maybe God really spoke to me already through, through my leaders and then just go. And so I, what I did, I poured my feelings out to God and now I also pour to my wife. So she get the, the other end of it. And I tell her, so she knew how, exactly how I felt. I was complaining, I was whiny. I had a bad attitude about it. Really bad, terrible attitude. I was like, wow, what to do, man? I'm going to join the uh, opposition already. <laughs> Next elections, that's it, man. Oppo opposition, here I come. Yeah. <laughs> and so really nothing happened. I left MOH at this February, at the end of my contract and my rotation. I didn't quit. I decided, okay, Sarah, Sarah, right? Whatever you'll be, you'll be. And so, so that's it. And, 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 you know, some of you ask me, what am I doing now? So after the end of my contract, I decided to take a break. You know, I was really burnt out, uh, you know, and, and really frustrated at my situation. I was really bruised from the whole experience. And so I, I'm now on sabbatical. I'm uh, taking a break just to recharge myself and sharpen myself again and really to reflect on what happened over the past two years. And interestingly, God has a way 
of turning things around. And God is just a way of being that extravagant God who can reward us in the craziest way that we never imagined. And the end of and the story took a crazy turn. That just this week, and this was hot off the press, okay, just this week, just a few days ago, I got a promotion letter. It was crazy. It was out of this world. And I know that it can only be God because of the perfect timing. Really, just give God praise, you know. I, I, uh, I, I really want to thank God. And I want to be, it, we serve an awesome God, guys. And I want to give God praise because it was, nobody gets a promotion during a sabbatical. Nobody gets promotion when you're out of a job. See, the Bible says the promotion comes from God. Humble yourself and in due time, He will exalt you. In due time, guys, come on, we serve an awesome God and He can only do things like this with a perfect timing. So this is the best part and I give God praise and I really, I mean, He could have given it next week, right? But next week, I'm not preaching already so you wouldn't hear from me. He knows what He's doing. God, you know what you're doing. Huh? You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Okay, I, I admit defeat. I throw the white flag, God, you are the best. You know, I, can't, I cannot have orchestrated this myself. So back to First Peter. Let's go back to First Peter. It says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. There may be a situation you find yourself in and you feel really unhappy or frustrated, just like I was. The word here says, Humble yourself. Go back to God. Go back to God again. Humble yourself. Say, Lord, have it your way that in the proper time, proper time, not immediately, uh, that He will exalt you at the right, all the time. Humble yourself towards God. At the right time, He will lift you up. In the meantime, cast your cares. In the meantime, talk to God about it. In the meantime, pour your heart out. He is listening to you. He's hearing you and He watches you. He knows the situation you're in just as He did for me. Next, God sees what we do not. Psalms 33, 13-15 The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From His throne, He observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so He understands everything they do. I say again, He understands everything we do. Why? Because He is our Master Creator. He was the one that made you and me. So He knows. He has our blueprint he, has, uh, he, has, he knows us inside out. See, He's able to see through our actions. He doesn't just see uh, obedience or disobedience. He sees the motives that we have and the reason why behind the obedience or disobedience. Jeremiah 17.10 says, The Lord searched the heart and tests the mind. Proverbs 21.2 Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. See, when Samuel, in the Old Testament, Samuel was about to anoint the king of Israel, Jesse brought out all his sons and said, look, look at my son, choose man. One of them is going to be king. Samuel started to inspect them. The first one he saw is a boy called Eliab. Eliab is tall, he's handsome. He looks like a king, he walks like a king, he has a stature of a king. And Samuel is really impressed with Eliab. My, my, this guy, he looks like a leader of leaders. But God was not impressed with Eliab. God looked past beyond his physical appearance. And in 1 Samuel 16, 17, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at it on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. 
See, man looks on the outward appearance. He look, man looks at the cover of a book. God looks beyond the book. And he looks into the heart. And God sees what we can't see and what we don't see. And you know, this is a good thing. Remember, today, this is actually a message of hope and a message that God sees and cares. I'll give you the illustration of an unanswered prayer. Think of this in the context of prayers that we have prayed, but God has not yet answered. We talk about a God who hears prayers last week, but yet God doesn't reply. Sometimes God is silent, or He doesn't reply us in a way that we expect Him to, like my story. He doesn't reply in a way we think that He should or ideally would. Not in the right way, maybe not even in the right time. Why? Because God is able to see things that we don't. Imagine me at the crossroads of quitting in MOH. If I were to quit prematurely before that, you know, before I'm supposed to quit, I'm not going to have this testimony at all to share. If, if I, I just followed, you know, and just go with my heart and say, it's time to go, God wouldn't get the glory at all in the end of the day. And instead of trusting Him, if I, I wanted God, Lord, please just endorse, put a rubber stamp on this prayer to let me go. Can you just do that, please? Just give me a piece or send me a sign. A sign, you know, maybe a movie poster that says, leave or quit. <laughs> then, Lord, I will follow you all the days of my life. No, but I will miss His timing altogether. Here's another example. Imagine God as the ultimate air traffic controller. Airport control towers keep track of planes. According to one statistic, there's an average of almost 10,000 planes flying more than a million people in the skies at any given time. Air traffic control is critical to ensure no mid-air collisions, you know, no accidents at all because many, many planes and many lives are at stake. Imagine God as this big, huge air plane controller and the airplanes are your prayers and the airplanes are your lives and the airplanes are you moving here and there and he sees not only what's happening in one slice of time but he sees the consequences down the road of a prayer that may have been prayed amiss or a prayer that would have been answered prematurely he knows the consequences of everything <clears throat> what will bring us harm what will give him most glory what is the cause and effect he knew all this and has taken all this into consideration and thought about all this, even if it's just a small prayer that we pray. And this is why we can believe with confidence, everyone, the promise of Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things will work together for what? For good. For those who are called according to His purpose. I'm gonna, it's such a, I hope this scripture comforts or, or speaks to someone here because I'm going to say again, and we know that for those who love God, all things, not some things, eh, not just the things you want to, but all things will work together. For what? For good. For good. For those who are called according to God's purpose. Our sight is limited. In fact, our sight gets worse and worse as we grow older. God's sight is limitless. Maybe we see 10 steps ahead and we can plot. You can plot your career 10, 10 steps ahead. Oh, by this year, I'm going to be this. By five years later, I'm going to be that. 
God sees beyond these 10 steps. You see 10 steps, He sees the race that you have finished and other people's race also. That's how powerful and amazing that God is. John Piper says, God is always doing maybe 10,000 things in your life and you may be aware of three of them only. Then that's why we worship Him because He's able to see things that we don't. He's able to see things in your children's lives, parents, that you don't. That maybe you might be struggling with something with your kids. I speak to from experience again, struggling with something with your kids. But God knows 10 steps down, 20 steps down, 10 years down their life, 20 years down their lives, what's going to happen to them? And what you do in the meantime? Cast your cares. Cast your worries to God. Give Him your anxieties. Say, Lord, I'm worried about this situation. Would you come into this situation? Can I invite you into this situation? Can you come and take control? Can you come and hold on to the wheel? I don't want to take control of it. Pastor said it. I want to resign as a CEO of my life. Who's going to take over? The next CEO, Jesus. Cast your cares in the meantime. But all the time, humble yourself. Say, God, you know what? Nevertheless, your will be done. It's not easy. I know how it feels. Two years, it's not easy. But God is going to reward you in His time. Amen. I just feel a leading to pray at this point of time. And I just want you to take this chance to just cast that care that you have walking into this place. I just feel a leading of the Holy Spirit to say, God is here listening. God is here hearing that prayer. And we're going to take this time to cast that particular care that you have in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord God. And Lord, we want to take this chance to cast this situation into your hands, Lord God. Lord, you know that situation, Father, Lord God. And I've been praying about it, Lord God. Lord, you know, Lord, you see me, Lord God. You have been telling me that you hear my prayers, Lord God. You've been he- telling me that you he- that, that I can, that you're speaking to me, Lord God. Today, Lord, you are here to say you are watching me. You see my situation that I'm in, Lord God. Or it can be a situation of for your loved ones, Lord. Father, we cast that worry to you, Lord God. God. Because this situation we are, we invite your presence into it, Lord God. And Lord, in the meantime, I'm going to humble myself under your hand, Lord God. In the meantime, Lord God, I'm going to say, nevertheless, your will be done, Lord God. Come on, Tabernacle of Joy, take this chance. That prayer is for you to pray, not for Brother Brian. Make that your personal prayer in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We pray, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name. Amen, amen. See, one thing God sees that we don't, for sure. 1 Peter, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, He sees the devil prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour you. He sees what's really real. He sees the spiritual battle that all of us are in, that no one is exempted from. Here, Peter, when he writes to the disciples, he what he's telling them. He's telling them not to focus on their outward circumstances. He's telling them not to focus on what's really happening to them in the physical. But guys, there is a spiritual battle that's happening. There's a spiritual war. There's an unseen war that's happening. And he says, he describes this, that the devil is walking around like a roaring lion. He's telling these disciples and he's telling us this morning, reminding us who the battle is really against. The battle is real. It's not against your boss. Huh? The battle is not against your wife or your husband. 
The battle is not against your neighbour or the guy who cut your driving lane this morning or yesterday. As much as you feel like it is, it's not. The battle is against the devil, against Satan and the forces of darkness. Recall in Ephesians 6, 11 to 12, put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood, that's right here, you and me. But we wrestle against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. There is a battle against the devil and his forces of evil, ladies and gentlemen. Do you understand more clearly why we need God so much more desperately than ever before? Because there is a spiritual battle that you can't even see, that we have to rely on God on. And let's all be on the winning side, amen, which is on Jesus' side. Peter tells these believers to stand firm in their faith as well. It is because and their faith allows them to see with spiritual eyes. This goes beyond what we have. Uh, not physical eyes. Spiritual eyes. What they cannot see with their physical eyes. See, God sees what we do. God sees what we don't. What we can't see. And also thirdly, God sees what has us down. In Genesis 16, God made a promise to Abraham. <clears throat> and it was a very powerful, powerful promise that he made to Abraham. His promise was to give Abraham many descendants, many kids, many grandchildren, many great-grandchildren. And from his descendants, make a great nation out of Abraham. Wow, it's amazing. See, there was a problem with this story though. There was a problem after God gave the promise, after many years of trying, Abraham and his wife Sarah, there was not a single kid. Imagine the frustration that they have. Lord, I thought you promised not just one child, you know. You promised many descendants. You promised me descendants that will be a great nation. But Lord, I've been trying and there's nothing that's coming out of this. Are you, are you what, crazy? Did I hear you correctly? Imagine the frustration that they would have felt when after many years, they still didn't have any children. So what did they do? Join the opposition party also. No. They take things in their own hands. Say, Lord, okay, you gave that promise. Mm, maybe you don't want to do your promise. Ah, let me help you out. Let me help you out, God. Ah, famous last words. Let me help you out. So, they took matters into their own hand. Maybe they thought that God had forgotten this promise. And uh, what transpired was that both of them, Sarah and Abraham, they decided that, hey, you know what? Why don't you go and sleep with my servant, Hagar? And when Hagar has a kid, we're going to raise, her, raise this kid up as our own. And maybe perhaps from this kid is, is the promise that God has given. And from this kid, many, many more will come forth to become that great nation. Well, to cut the story short, nine months later, ding, Hagar got pregnant. But things start to change. Sarah and, and, and Abraham's way, uh, the, the, their eyes, the way they look at Hagar start to change. They start to see Hagar with very different eyes. They started to mistreat her. Uh, started to look at her as just, you know, 
just an unwanted person. And because of this mistreatment, the abuse that Hagar received, Hagar ran into the wilderness. She escaped from Abraham, escaped from Sarah, and ran into the desert place. You see, Hagar, I don't know, she's just, she was just listening, right, and obeying instructions, and she got mistreated because of it. And now she's in the wilderness. She's alone. She's pregnant. She has no food, no shelter. No one to help her. In fact, the Bible says it was just her out in the wilderness. And her life was really, really messed up. But one thing interesting happened about Hagar. She did one thing correct when she was out in the wilderness. And in her wilderness, she called out to God. In the wilderness, when she didn't have anyone else, no phone at all, no internet, no one to contact. She called out to God. She cried out for Him. And God answered her. In Genesis 16.13, it says, So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. And Hagar said, You are the God of seeing. For she said, Truly, I have seen Him who looks after me. You see, ladies and gentlemen, God reveals Himself through His name in the Bible. And right here, we see the revelation, the first time ever in a recorded history of the revelation of Him as the one who sees. The revelation of His name, Jehovah Roy or El Roy, which means the God who sees me, was from a servant in her wilderness, abused and mistreated when she didn't have anyone else, when she was at the bottom of the bottom. The desert didn't destroy her. The desert gave her a definition of God that from then on we now know. Sometimes there's something to be said about the deserts that you find yourself in. That it doesn't destroy you, but maybe it's a place where God takes you to reveal Himself in a greater measure. And if you find yourself in a desert wilderness, if you find yourself abused and mistreated, frustrated, Perhaps, or could it be that just around the corner, God is preparing you to reveal Himself in a greater measure? Can somebody say amen to that and say, Lord, I receive it, Lord. No matter where I find myself in, the struggle might be real, but you know what's more real? My God is more real than my struggle. My God and my promises are yes and amen, and He has given us testimonies upon testimonies, and He doesn't need to prove Himself anymore, but here and again, He He's showing Himself to be God. Amen. Maybe none of us here have been in Hagar's situation. None of you is a slave or servant, pregnant and mistreated. But perhaps you can relate to the emotions that she must have felt at a point of time that she found herself in, scared, lonely, frustrated, crazy thoughts. Does anybody care? Does anybody notice the crappy place that I find myself in? Or why me? Why not my brother on my left or my sister on the right who has greater faith than me? Surely, Lord, let them go through it. Their faith is so strong, right? No. If you can relate to that, maybe God has a testimony on its way. And whatever it is, God sees. And in His seeing, He cares. First Peter, God 
<clears throat> in First Peter, God says and shows that He's aware of the believers and the suffering that they are going through. And again, it has not caught Him by surprise. We don't serve a God that says, Ah, oh no, really, that happened to you? I didn't know that. Ah, that to- uh, uh, totally... God sees you right now in the midst of that hurt or that confusion or that questions that you have and that struggle. And again, I want to remind, I want to say this to someone here to cast that care and anxiety because He cares for you. Psalms 56, it says, You have kept count of my tossings. You have put my tears in your bottle. And every tear that has dropped or has Cause through down your face, he knows that and he notices it. He sees every tear that might have shed, or even the tears that are not shed yet, and that suffering. And whatever it be, it might it will only be for a season. Not what Brother Brian said. This is what the Bible says. First Peter 5 10. And after you have suffered a little while. I don't know about you. When I read something like that, after I've suffered a little while, is there a typo somewhere, God? Can you just scrap that part? Can you just say, after I prayed? Can we retry that, God? After I've prayed, you can do something about it. Not after I've suffered a little while. Oh, you can't discount the word of God. We can't throw away the word of God like that. And his word says, after you have suffered a little while. And what does it tell you? It tells me that suffering is inevitable. Suffering will come, but it's only for a season. Because I'm glad he didn't say, after you have suffered for a long time, a long while, after you suffer until you really cannot take, you're at the bottom of the barrel and you know, you know the whole world hates you and you just like, feel like a worm in the drain. No. He says, after you have suffered, just a little while. A little while. Hang in there. Just a little while. Just a bit. What's going to happen? The God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory, will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Isn't that amazing? that God himself is going to do that. It's not going to come from your neighbour. It's not going to come from your spouse. It's not going to come from your children. It's not going to come from your parents. God himself is going to show himself mighty. God himself is going to review it. God himself is going to come in and say, I am the one. Because you have suffered a little while, and because you have humbled yourself, and I hear you pray and cast your cares on me, and I've seen you I myself am going to come in to restore you, to confirm you, to strengthen you, and to establish you. Amazing. We serve a hands-on God that's going to do things himself. He's not like a you know, big boss, you know, you know, serving company, big boss, you never get to see the big boss. And you never get to see a big boss, the, the instruction trickle down to you if you are a little fry like me. He's a big, big, big boss that does things hands-on. 
He comes into the situation to reveal His glory. That now you know that it's not by your hand that has saved yourself from your situation, but it is the Lord that has promoted you. It is the Lord in His glory that has given you that victory report, that testimony, that no one else gets the glory but Him and Him only. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. So, we have gone through. God sees what we do. God sees what we don't. And God sees what keeps us or have us down. Last but not least, God sees what Jesus has done. And rounding out, I'm going to invite everyone to stand. As I come to the final point. See, God, when God looks at us, right, He sees two categories of people. Those who are in Christ and those who are not and when we are born again, God no longer sees us and our sin. And God no longer sees that at all. He sees the blood and righteousness of His finished work on the cross. He sees the blood of Jesus that has washed us and cleansed us. No longer the secret sin, no longer the sin. But He sees the work on the cross on Calvary. Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And Colossians 3 says, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. You see, Tabernacle of Joy, you can't appear with Him in glory if your life is not in Christ. And I want to share with you one interesting point. You know, as we all read, read the scripture behind you know what was interesting part about Haggai's story? You know Haggai's story? The, the servant. Haggai was an Egyptian. She wasn't a Jew. She wasn't born a believer. In fact, we don't even know whether she really believed in God at all. All we know that she was an Egyptian. She didn't have that relationship with God. But when I read in that scripture, that touched me so much was that God knew her name. God knows your name. God knows when you're standing here, He knows your name. And He knows your name and He looks at you with love and with care. And He knows you because He was the one that created you. He knows your life journey that took you to this place at this point in time. 11.31 a.m., he knows you standing here. He has seen you grow up. Yeah, the baby monitor. He sees you through your years. The struggles, the personal ones, the one that no one notices. He knows. 
is speaking right now to you. And I want to invite, if you don't know Him, I want to invite you because there's an invitation this morning to draw closer to Him. Tabernacle of Joy, we didn't go through three lessons of knowing the always God just for head knowledge. But God has been inviting you for the past few weeks and you've not responded over the past few weeks. Here's one chance. Here's another chance. Here's another invitation that He's knocking on the doors of your heart and says, let me in. Let me into that situation. Let me show you my glory. Let me comfort you. Let your walls down. You just need to surrender. Trust in me. I made you. I know you. I know your motives and your thoughts. I'm your creator. Would you let me in? Would you let me draw close to you? The Word of God says when we draw close to God, there is a promise. There is a call and response when we draw close to God. The response from God is that He draws close to us. This morning, the invitation is to draw close to God. And if you want to draw close to Him, I invite you to lift up your hands in an act of surrender and say, Lord, come in, Lord. Nevertheless, your will be done, Lord. Lord, I'm open. Lord, would you show yourself? Lord, would you manifest yourself in this place? Would you manifest yourself in my life? Would you manifest yourself in my relationship? Would you manifest yourself in my home, in my family? Would you demonstrate your loving kindness? This morning, Lord, I want to taste and see that the Lord is good. I want you, Lord God. Would you respond to that? And I think he's speaking to someone here. God knows the good, the bad and the ugly, but he still loves you with an everlasting love. And he's still calling you, drawing you closer. I don't care whether you know him or you are in relationship, you know him for 10 years, 10 days. Now is the time to respond to God and walk in His fullness. Lord, I want Your presence and Your fullness, Lord God. The always God is right here and is right now. And Your Word says, Lord God, that Your eyes are on the righteous and Your ears are open to our cry, Lord God. This morning, I want to cry to You. Lord, this morning, I want to respond to You, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you have spoken, Lord God, that, Lord, you are telling me, Lord God, you are reaching out to me, Lord God, and I want to see you for who you are, Lord God. And I will lift my eyes unto the hills for whence my help comes from, from God, the maker of heaven and earth. Lord, I want to look my, I want to lift my eyes toward you, Lord God. I lift my eyes toward you, even as you are looking unto me, Lord God. I want to meet your gaze, Lord God. I want to see you face to face, eye to eye, Lord God. In my situation, I want to be on the same page as you, Lord God. I want to see eye to eye, Lord God. Have your way in my life, Lord God. And now, Lord God, Lord, I want to humble myself before you, Lord God, and say, Lord, you 
come in, Lord God. I humble myself, Lord God. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I respond, oh, Lord God. Oh, Lord, I respond to you, Lord God. Lord, you know that this day, this very moment that I'll be standing here in your presence, oh Lord God. You've seen it, Lord God, even before it happened. You know that this day I'll be standing before you, Lord God, and I thank you that there is an invitation this morning, Lord God, that you are extending out to me, Lord God, to say, come. And Lord, I want to go, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. You are calling me, Lord. I want to know you deeper. I want to know you in a greater measure, Lord God. I know, Lord God, that you have my best interest at heart, oh Lord God. And I cannot, Lord God, have orchestrated myself. I cannot have designed myself, Lord God. I need more of you, Jesus. Help me, Lord God, to do what is right in your sight, oh Lord God. Help me, oh Lord God. There's just this atmosphere of ministry And if you feel led by the Holy Spirit I, I lose you to go and minister To pray for each other Let the Holy Spirit lead you to pray Lord, I want to pray, Lord God For my brothers and my sisters, oh Lord God Lord, they need you, Lord God, in their life, Lord God. And Lord, we present this situation to you, O oh Lord God. We lift this situation to you, Lord God. Would you show yourself, O oh Lord God? And Lord, in the meantime, we will wait on you. In the meantime, we are going to cast our care on you. In the meantime, O oh Lord God, we know that you are hearing us. In the meantime, I know that as we are praying, you are listening to us, O oh Lord God. In the meantime, we know you are still speaking through your word, O oh Lord God. And you see, my brother, you see, my sister, Lord God, the pain, Lord God, that they might be going through, the struggle, Lord God, the frustration, O oh Lord God. And Lord, I want to lift this to you. I know that only you and you only can put a pause of victory in this situation. And nevertheless, in the meantime, Lord God, nevertheless, in the meantime, Lord God, Lord, I want to give you this worry that I have. I want to give you, oh Lord God, this pain that I have. I want to give you this confusion, the questions that I have, oh Lord God, and trust in the process and trust in you. Jesus name lo robo shoto yoro robo ko yoro bo shiro ro Iti yororororo koyororo bo shoto yororo ba hayere da ba kayara da ba kuriara da bo shoto yororo ba iandera da bo shoto yororororo bo koyororo bo shoto yororo bo shoto yororo iarabo shoto yororo bo koyororo we worship you oh lord god iarabo oh shoto yororo ba we worship you oh lord god iarabo oh shoto yororo ba 
Lord, that you will be glorified, Lord God. That you will get all the glory, Lord. That you will get all the credit, Lord God. That, Lord, you will be acknowledged, Lord God. That, Lord, that you and you only, Lord God, will be exalted, Lord God. We want to lift you, Lord God. We want to lift you up in this place. Just one more thing. Next week, you know, if you are continuing to pray, go ahead. But for the rest of us, here's a word. The rest of us, we reminded this morning that next week is Resurrection Sunday. It's one thing to know that God is always seeing us. It's one thing to know that He has His sight set on us. But at the same time, I want to look with the vision that God had. I want to see what God sees as well. And in Matthew 9, 36, it says here, when He saw the multitude, this was referring to Jesus. And MQ, can you show that scripture? Matthew 9, 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. I just want to pray that in the days leading up, to Resurrection Sunday, that we'll look at the multitudes, we'll look at the people in our social circles, in our families, we'll look at our friends, and we'll look at them with the same eyes that Jesus has. And not only just look at them, but be moved by compassion. That we will look at the lost, the thirsty, the hungry, they may not know it yet because they are scattered without shepherd, and we will be moved with compassion to reach out to them. I want to look at them with eyes of compassion and say, you need Jesus just like I did. Okay, so can we pray as a body of believers? I don't want to just go out, out this door and just say, Lord, ah, you, you look at me, always look at me, me, myself and I. But no, I want to look 
with your eyes as well and be moved by the burden of the harvest. Amen. So I want to invite those the believers. I want to invite those who are disciples. I want to invite all of you to lift up that hand as we going as we are going into Resurrection Sunday to have the same eyes of compassion for those who are hungry and thirsty and lost for the harvest. I want to look at eyes that Jesus had for them, Lord. Father, Lord God, we don't want to just know that you look at us. We don't want it to just be about us. But Lord, it has to be about your purpose. It has to be about your plans. And Lord, this time, Lord God, we want to be like you that when you saw the multitudes, you were moved with compassion. Put, Lord God, a burden within us. Put a burden within me, Lord God, for those, Lord God, who do not know you yet, who have not heard your good news, who have not heard about what you are, who you are, Lord God. Open up my eyes to see the harvest, oh Lord God. Open up my eyes to see, Lord God. Lord, I want to be the labor to be counted, oh Lord God. Lord God, open up these eyes to have the eyes of faith. Why don't you just put your hands around your eyes as an act of faith? Lord, change, Lord God. I don't want to see what in the physical, Lord God. I want to begin to view, Lord God, in the supernatural, Lord God. I want to see, oh Lord God, my friends, oh Lord God, coming up to the altar, Lord God, reaching for you, Lord God. I want to see my UTB student, oh Lord God, baptized in the name of Jesus, obeying your word, Lord God. I want to see, oh Lord God, revival in this place, oh Lord God. I want to see your word go forth and not return void, Lord God. I want to see disciples made, Lord God. And Lord, we're going to prophesy, oh Lord God, that this, Lord God, is going to happen, oh Lord God. Lord, that the revival, Lord God, is in our midst, oh Lord God. Oh, come on, somebody, would you praise God with me? Would you just lift up your hands and give God a declaration of faith that He's going to do things in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray, Lord God. You're not done in our midst, Lord God. We pray, Lord God. In the days leading up, Lord God, help me to see my neighbors, oh Lord God, with compassion. Help me to see my friends, Lord God, in school, Lord God. Come on. Come on, Paulus. Help me to see my friends in school, oh Lord God. Those that need you, oh Lord God. Come on, those who are working. Help me to see my colleagues, Lord God. Help me to recognize that they need you, oh Lord God. Lord, help me to look at them with compassion, Lord God. Not, oh Lord God, with isolation, oh Lord God. Not with... Uh, whatever, Lord God, but I want to look at them and see, Lord God, the, that they need you, Lord God. They need a shepherd, oh Lord God. They, they are weary and they are scattered, oh Lord God. They are sheep without a shepherd, Lord God. And they are calling for the great shepherd. They may not know it yet. They may not know it yet. But Lord, help me to see it, Lord God. And help me to respond and move, Lord God. Keep me sensitive to the leading of your spirit, oh Lord God. Somebody pray. Keep me sensitive to your spirit this week, oh Lord God. Keep me sensitive, oh Lord God. Give me bonus, oh Lord God. Father, Lord God, to invite, oh Lord God. To share, Lord God. Keep me sensitive, O oh Lord God. Father, Lord, move in our midst, O oh Lord God. Move in our midst. Have your way. Do your will, O oh Lord God. It is all about you, Lord God. I know you are looking at me, Lord God, but it's not all about me, Lord God. It's all about you. It's all about your work, O oh Lord God. It's all about your heartbeat, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Father, we pray, Lord God. We pray, Lord God. We pray, Lord God. We pray for a breakthrough, Lord God. 
God. Next week, Lord God, we pray for revival, Lord God. They will set hearts on fire, Lord God. Not only for the newcomers, oh Lord God, not only those who are new, but even those who are old in the Lord. Father, there will be revival in their hearts, oh Lord God. A revival for your word, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, can we give God praise? All across this place, why don't you give a hand clap of praise? We praise you, Lord, because we know that you hear our prayers. We praise you, Lord, because we know you are working in our midst. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we pray, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Next week, Resurrection Sunday, we'll see you all. Why don't you greet your neighbor, greet someone, you're dismissed, in Jesus' name.